Welcome to the Sensitive Kitchen, where home cooks are inspired to cook to enable those you love to flourish. I'm Cindy Sullivan, registered dietitian, passionate nutrition educator, and accomplished home cook. Whether you're changing how you cook for food sensitivities, allergies, intolerances, or just trying to eat healthier on a budget, you're in the right place. Most episodes, I will share favorite recipes, as well as modification tips and nutrition benefits. Occasionally, I'll have a guest or special episode like modifying holiday favorites. My favorite foods? They're raspberries and homemade chocolate chip cookies. My latest cooking project was long-fermented sourdough bread. Before I jump into today's episode, which is gluten-free sweet Irish soda bread, I want to mention the last episode of the Sensitive Kitchen podcast, which was episode 59, or 059, if you're going to the website to search for it. It was entitled, Your Emergency Food Plan for Food Allergies and Intolerances. Well, three days after that episode was released, our power went out for two days. Friends had no power for over a week in this ice storm, so we were very fortunate for only two days being out. Then when our power came back on, five days later, we lost power in another storm for 48 hours. Because I wanted to preserve the temperature in my freezer, which was filled with a lot of soup and things, so it stayed frozen for a good long time and 48 hours was no problem, but I didn't want to open it and raise the temperature. So although my freezer meals and soups worked really well when I wasn't able to cook for other reasons... When I lost power, I was reminded to have plenty of pantry staples in my emergency food plan. If you have not yet listened, please take a few minutes, it's less than 10 minutes long, and listen to episode 059. It is very short, but the 30 minutes of planning you'll do after this episode will give you peace of mind and allow you to feed yourself or the food allergic or food sensitive person in your family when the unexpected happens. And in this life, I can pretty much guarantee that the unexpected will happen sometime. For your emergency food plan, my meal planning template serves double duty to help you make sure you have foods from all the groups for an emergency. While your emergency plan might not be quite as balanced as normal, it's really not that hard to have foods from every group available. At least that's true if you do a little bit of planning ahead of time. If you get stuck or have any questions, feel free to email me at cindy at foodsensitivitykitchen.com. I'd be glad to hear from you and we can chat. So it's St. Patrick's Day this week. Do you celebrate with corned beef and cabbage or another Irish treat? One of our favorites is sweet Irish soda bread. This Irish soda bread recipe is moist, delicious, and easy. You can serve it to all your family and friends, and no one will even know it's gluten-free. In the past, our favorite Irish soda bread was loaded with whole grains, But since my husband is eating more and more gluten-free, I wanted to try a gluten-free version. Since I had gluten-free flour mix in the house, I started my sweet Irish soda bread recipe by substituting and just using gluten-free flour. 
It was a hit. Yum. I tested this recipe using Bob's Red Mill gluten-free one-to-one baking flour. An advantage of Bob's Red Mill gluten-free flour is that it does contain some whole grains. While not primarily a whole grain flour, it does contain brown rice flour, which is a whole grain, and also whole grain sorghum flour. To hear more about the benefits of whole grains, listen to the Sensitive Kitchen podcast, 019, which is the one for the original sweet Irish soda bread recipe. And just because you're avoiding gluten does not mean there are not many more whole grains that you can enjoy, as well as the added health benefits. Go take a quick peek at episode 019. You can look at the transcript on the website, listen to the podcast there, or wherever you listen to podcasts. But let's get into this gluten-free one, because basically it just swapped out a gluten-free flour mix for regular flour. And believe it or not, it worked beautifully. Most recipes don't, but this one did. Now, before we talk about ingredients, I want to mention that this gluten-free Irish soda bread is not a traditional bread. It's more like a sweet bread. You need to bake it in a pan rather than on a sheet or even a cast iron skillet. But when you're done, it doesn't require butter because it's not dry. This is in a more Americanized version of Irish soda bread based off of one in King Arthur Baking Company's whole grain cookbook. And honestly, it's the only Irish soda bread I like. So let's talk about ingredients. You need a gluten-free flour blend. As I mentioned, I use Bob's Red Mill gluten-free one-to-one baking flour. It does contain xanthan gum. So if you have one without, be sure to add about a half a teaspoon of xanthan gum to this recipe if you're using a gluten-free flour blend without xanthan gum. Baking powder is one of the leaveners in the main thing used to leaven this bread. But if you're avoiding corn, you'll want to use a substitute for the baking powder. I suggest using two teaspoons of baking soda, a teaspoon of tapioca starch, and a quarter teaspoon of salt. And then when you make the recipe, you omit the baking powder, soda, and salt in the original recipe and just use the two teaspoons of baking soda, one teaspoon of tapioca starch, and a quarter teaspoon of salt. After the baking powder, baking soda, and salt are in this recipe, baking soda to neutralize the acidity introduced by the buttermilk. There is some sugar in this recipe. As I said, this is more of a, almost like a quick bread, almost on that size. It's a little bit sweeter bread. And there are some eggs. I haven't yet tried an egg substitute, but that might be next year's modification. Any neutral oil, there's a small amount of oil. There is some buttermilk. Remember, if you don't want to purchase buttermilk just for this recipe, it can be made with regular milk and an acid, either lemon juice or vinegar. I've not tried it with alternative milks, but a lot of bloggers online claim to make imitation buttermilk in the very same way you make regular buttermilk, just use an almond milk or an oatmeal milk or something like that. Now, this Irish soda bread has dried fruit in it. Raisins or currants are traditional in Irish soda bread, but we actually enjoy cranberries or cherries. If I use dried cherries, I usually cut them in quarters so that more bites of my Irish soda bread have cherries in them. 
and then you top the recipe with a little drizzle of milk, and actually quite a bit of milk, a whole tablespoon, which looks like a lot on the top, but it helps it to brown, and a little sprinkling of coarse sugar. And the sugar is easily omitted if you don't want to use it. It just gives it a little bit of a crunchy sweet topping. Preparation is simple. You just simply mix the wet ingredients. I do use a stand mixer, but you don't have to. And I mix them well with the sugar. I add the leavening and the salt. I then add the dry ingredients alternately with buttermilk. So a third of the dry ingredients, half the buttermilk, a third of the dry ingredients, half the buttermilk, and the rest of the dry ingredients. Put it in a greased pan. Top it with a tablespoon of milk and coarse sugar, and the milk will kind of pool on the top, and you'll go, is this right? It is. It's fine. Um, now, we have to talk a little bit about the pan, because the equipment here that's important is you need a deep pan. An eight by eight round pan is what's called for, but it needs to be at least three inches deep. So most cake pans won't work. I happen to use a French white corningware casserole, because it's deep enough, but a souffle dish or a pantonette pan or a deep cake pan will work. Remember, this is a fairly wet dough, so it's more like sweet bread dough in consistency rather than a bread dough in consistency. In terms of storage, I usually store most of my baked goods directly in the freezer, but because when I pulled this out of the oven a few hours later while it was still cooling, we lost power this sat on my counter. I did put it in a plastic bag, but it sat on my counter for at least three days, and it was wonderful. When our power came back on, we sliced the rest of it, put it in the freezer, and it froze wonderfully. This is a really versatile bread, and because there's a little bit of oil and a little bit of sugar in the bread, you don't need to add butter to it. It's great just how it is when it comes either out of the freezer or after you slice it. To pair this this is a natural with, of course, corned beef for St. Patrick's Day, or my corned beef soup recipe, which I make with boiled dinner leftovers or anytime I'm fortunate enough to have corned beef. And that recipe for corned beef soup and corned beef stock, both of those are on the website. And if you're boiling a corned beef yourself, I highly recommend you look at that because you can make stock with no extra work. If you're boiling a corned beef, you can walk away with amazing stock that you can use in other recipes afterwards. No extra cost and no extra work. Do take a look at that recipe. The other recipe I think it would be great with would be slow cooker bean sausage stew. That would be just a great pairing with this with this bread. And both recipes, as I said, can be found at foodsensitivitykitchen.com. There's a recipe section. Just take a quick search for them and they're right there. I would love to hear how you're gluten-free Irish soda bread turned out. Did you make any substitutions? Leave me a comment and let me know and enjoy. Coming up soon on the podcast will be some more gluten-free baking. I have been testing gluten-free blackberry muffins and I have some real winners both with and without dairy. And without dairy, I'll give you a sneak peek. We are using fruit purees like pumpkin puree, applesauce, mashed bananas in place of the dairy, and it's working great. These muffins are going to be 100% whole grain, 
and you would never know it. They are so good. I am so excited to bring these to you. Plus, my grocery store keeps running these 99-cent Blackberry specials, and I keep buying them and making them. So I just have a couple left to test. I have the egg-free version to test, and I have the ones with frozen blackberries to test. So I've got a couple more to test. So I'm working hard on it. And my student has been working on a gluten-free banana chocolate chip muffin that I made a couple modifications to, and they disappeared in my house and people asked for more. Do you have any more of those? Those were really good. Of course, it might also be that I had more chocolate chips and I doubled the chocolate chips in them. It didn't hurt anyway, but they also are extremely good. So get ready for more gluten-free baking goodness coming your way. And even if your family does not bake gluten-free, I bet you have a friend who's gluten-free that would love these. And if your family does eat gluten-free, the best thing about these are they're all whole grain. There's not so lot, not lots of refined starches in these like there is in so many gluten-free baked goods. So I can't wait to share these with you. They are coming up in the next couple of weeks or next several episodes anyway. Until then, keep cooking to enable those you love to flourish. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.